You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. And belly up to the 9-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. My name is Chris. Ed is on the way in just moments. I have some special guests down here that I'm going to introduce right after I remind you that we are brought to you proudly by Family Waterproofing Solutions, named one of the South Town's best in 2021 by the Daily South Town. I guarantee they're getting that again. For bowing walls, window wells, foundation and crack repair, concrete raising, which is a foundation issue. Uh, That means that uh, something's going wrong. You see the one brick go up and one part go down. The patio's a mess. They can fix that for you without breaking everything up. And the easiest time to do it is right now. Give them a call 24-7 at 708-330-4466. Mention Socks in the Basement. You get money off. See what a difference a family makes at FamilyDry.com. And sitting down here at the Nine Foot Homemade Oak Bar, I've got a couple of brothers, their family. Uh, I am very excited to be part of Papa Hops this year. Socks in the Basement going to be out there. And I have Tommy and Liam Hopkins down here. How are you guys? How's it going, Chris? Thanks for having us. I love that. Thanks for having us, I Chris. love how I love how professional that you got immediately. Tommy lives two doors down <laughs> from me. I'm not even going to joke about this. I'm not even going to pretend that, like... He's not my neighbor, right? Like, I mean, like, he's like, you should have socks in the basement at Papa Hops. I mean, this is a conversation had over beers in the front yard, okay? And now he gets down in front of the microphone and he's like, how are you, Chris? Good to see you. (laughs) (laughs) And what's funny is, I don't even know if you're the brains of the operation because your brother seems to run everything, right? No. (laughs) Okay. It's a team effort. so, So I want to describe this. But I think it's easiest, especially here on Socks in the Basement, because we are a White Sox fan podcast, to let a voice from the past explain Papa Hops a little bit. Take a listen. The neighborhoods of Beverly, Mount Greenwood, and Morgan Park are far from Chicago's iconic skyline and scenic lakefront. These are communities of working class families where police, officers, firefighters, teachers, and union laborers, and others call home. It's an area of big hearts and belly laughs where neighbors come together to share stories with friends and pray for the sick, make meals for those who are struggling, and shovel snow for the elderly. This is where Tom Hopkins Memorial Foundation began. In the same parks where Papa Hops watches children play baseball, friends gather annually to raise money for youth athletic programs and families struggling in the wake of sudden cancer diagnosis. This is Chicago's South Side. This is 16-inch softball. This is the Papa Hops Softball Tournament. Now let's play baseball. So that's Ed Farmer talking about your softball tournament. Give me a little bit more background on what you guys do, why you do it. Yeah, so we started the Tom Hopkins Foundation in the summer of 2014 after our father Tom passed away from a sudden cancer diagnosis. Uh, Sports was just something we all grew up on, whether it was baseball, being involved in the community, uh, other athletics, football, basketball. My dad was a big advocate of that to us as children, but also our friends and being involved in the neighborhood. We wanted to host a softball tournament, get the community together, uh, be a little different, do it on a Friday night. And it just took off from day one. And eight years later, we got 32 teams with three different parks, all for a great cause. That's awesome. I think it's a really cool thing. I I knew about it before Tommy moved in on the block. Okay. And I just always thought it was just kind of a, just neat, you know, I mean, like my, my dad passes away. I'm not giving him anything. 
Like, you know, I mean, like I'm taking, I'm hoping there's a couple of bucks in the bank, you know, and uh, I'm going to enjoy a summer cottage. You guys are doing something for a really good cause. And before we go more into it, tell me a little bit about why Ed Farmer, uh, the voice that we heard right there, why was he involved? It seemed like he really cared about it. I mean, like it didn't seem like he just threw that out there. That sounded like a guy who really cared about it and was probably involved with you guys while he was still around. Yeah, actually, so Ed's a St. Rita alum, we're a fellow alum. Our mother, Margie, she works in the front office at St. Rita. And over the years, Ed would just pop in from time to time in the off season, right before spring training, they head out to Arizona. Um, and he just maintained a good relationship with the school. And uh, we got in contact with him, obviously being diehard Sox fans. My dad loved the Sox. And um, from season ticket holders, and I know to guys like Ed that just carried on that tradition, we wanted, you know, a voice and no better than a guy like Ed Farmer. And we met with him and sent him a little clip. And next thing you know, before a game down at the, the cell. <laughs> no, it was actually in Oakland. Was he's, in hear, Oakland? he's in Oakland? Yeah, he's doing it like pra- like a practice run. And you can hear like in the background, like the stadium, like announcing like, before the game you could hear the a's oh, and yeah, yeah. in the background that's just awesome a guy like that that you know a professional in his taking his the time to do that he didn't have to do oh, that. oh you know what he's sitting there telling his engineer like hey hey fire up the mic real quick <laughs> roll some tape on this exactly all right i'm gonna tell a story is this gonna be another one of your golf stories no 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 no, no. this is for a good cause here we go yeah. and then he just rips into the thing and he sends it to you which i think is Incredible. really cool so I would imagine that that's not the only person that's done that you've gotten an awful lot of support you become kind of a south side Tradition. This tournament is a big tournament. People are listening right now. There might be some that haven't heard of it, but there are some that have heard of Papa Hops. And from what I understand, these are good softball players. Like every time that you talk to me about this, like, oh, you're looking for somebody to sign up. And you're like, no, Chris, we don't want you. We don't want you to play. We don't want you anywhere near the field. We just want you to come out and watch the game because you get a crowd for these games because they're so competitive. Yeah. I mean, with the 32 teams that participate and it starts at 5 p.m., Usually, you know, teams will take off after they got other obligations. People block off. They take off work for Papa Hops and they plan ahead. And, you know, we put a, together a competitive roster. And, um, I mean, they want to stay. They want to see it all. They want to win the tournament, but more so for what it's about and what's behind it and our mission within the foundation to honor our dad's legacy, but, you know, pay for the kindness that people shown our family during our dad's sickness. And we get to help families, unfortunately, that are affected by cancer, whether it's adolescents or adults, just try to ease that burden during that time frame because it's a never ending issue and it's something that doesn't go away. And, you know, you just want them to know that we're here supporting them. We're with them during their battle. So that's what draws this community together, that end, but also the night. It's beautiful. Friday night, pack the park. Bring the lawn chair, the coolers, the family. We got raffles, kids' prizes, jumping funds, food trucks. Where's it's it at exactly again? Kennedy Park, 113th and Western Avenue. That's main base. And then right. you got games at Mount Greenwood and Beverly Park at 5 p.m. 7 p.m., everything is at Kennedy Park from there on out. You're considering, from what I understand, I've been told, the possibility of uh, – you, you want these pipes at uh, at the championship game? Is that still a thing? Yeah, I told you. Why would you do that? You got, you said you got a voice. Look at a successful podcast like yourself. You got the voice. I love this. A great I'm gonna voice. Get to, I'm going to get to do the championship game. Do, do people even listen to the guy oh, who's up in the booth? We do. We got our own Gene Honda. He's right here. Chris so, Chris Lanuti. So all I'm doing, I'm just announcing, like the now batting thing, right? Like I don't yep. have to like start yelling and bloop and a blast yeah. and all the other Ed Farmer <laughs> things that he would do, right? I, I just have to announce the guys that they come up. That's what I'll do. 
Exactly. Okay. I'm, I'm into that. There's beer there as well, right? Oh, plenty yeah. of And plenty. it's a Friday night outside Friday watching night. 16 inches. I'm into yep. it. I'm into it. Either of you guys actually play in this, or is this, do you leave this up for the professional 16 inch softball players? Because there are guys in this city that play this thing at a pro level. No, we the first year we thought we would be able to do it. We did it, but then it <laughs> got just got kicked. it just got too out of control. Where like it's a full on like you're you're there, you're committed, and there's no softball playing, unfortunately. Because you're busy doing all the good yeah. stuff that you have Everything to do. Everything starts from like yeah. Thursday night all the way till Friday morning, all the way straight up to the tournament. That's awesome. It's not awesome you don't get to play. It's awesome that it's going so well and it's gotten so big that you have to do that because definitely. that means it's successful, right? If it wasn't successful, you'd be playing yeah, in the games. Definitely. Right? Yeah. You'd be like, oh, you know, there's 20 people showed up and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no, like, this is like, this becomes like a big event. And I think, and, and you know, the family is running it. That's what's amazing to me, That which must be interesting when you're running an event and you have to tell other family members what to do. Like, is there somebody that takes charge and yells at somebody else? Like, how does that work? We just yell at each other. We're yeah. a South we, Side we family. Normally you know? get that, we normally get our, like, f- occasional argument probably around, like, 2 o'clock. The 2 o'clock Hopkins argument? Yeah, we get it all out. People, like, yeah, so by the time the tournament happens, everything's all good to go and we're ready to go. And we got, you know, our family. We got volunteers, whether they're cousins, aunts, uncles, family, friends. Uh, field monitors, like we have a whole crew of people that we're so lucky and fortunate to have in our corner to help us that day to put on such a great event. I want to remind everybody that our guest today and every guest on Saks in the Basement is brought to you by the Village of Lamont. If you want to experience a downtown with real history, great eats and drinks and green spaces filled with adventures, visit the Village of Lamont. Shop, dine, drink, and explore. Plan your next day trip. Look at what they've got going on at lamontdowntown.com. So before I let you out of here, I want you guys are Sox fans, all right? Tommy's sitting down here in his Sox hat, okay? I know you both listen to the show, and I know you want to say something. So what do you want to do? You want to you want to assign blame? You want to tell me what your problem is with the team? You want to lay into somebody? What What's going on here? What's your opinion? You got a great ball club, but these decisions from switching out pitchers to, you know, batting and these guys in the lineup. And I, I can't even if sound like I know what I'm talking about. I'm just a fan. I'm angry. Right. right. But you want to feel optimistic that the second half, which is right now, they're going to pick it up. And well, they got it. They have to. They got, no what they got They got weeks here. No weeks coming up with nothing but the Twins and the Indians. Yeah. Like, if you don't turn it around right now, it's over before the end of July. And that's the scariest thing about it. Right, Tommy? Yeah, absolutely. And they got to stay healthy. Yeah, well, like yeah, that's the biggest thing, thing. And I mean, it'd be nice to keep Larry Garcia off the field too. Wouldn't that but, be great? Oh man, he gets used a I lot. Mean, he gets a he gets a lot of playing time. He'd be like if you let me play every inning at any position I wanted to in a softball game. Like, oh, Lanuti can play anywhere. Well, I could stand anywhere, but that doesn't mean I'm actually good at it. That, I'm the Larry Garcia of 16-inch softball. You see me play in the league on Wednesday nights. That's what I am. I'm Larry Garcia. That's how I know that I can criticize him because he's me. He's me at that level. That's what he is. All right, so once again, give me the uh, the date. Friday, July 8th. Friday, July 8th. I'll be out there. It'll be there as well. I can't wait for the championship game, but I'm going to be there beforehand. It should be an absolute blast. Uh, is there tickets in advance? Just show up. How does this work? No tickets. It's open to the public. Show up. We got merchandise tents. We're selling our gear, uh, food. Like we said, some raffles. You can make a donation to papahops.org. 
Um, visit our website and our social media pages. I appreciate what you do. I know a lot of people out there appreciate what you do. That's why you should get out here to the tournament, support the tournament. They raise a lot of money at this tournament because people show up there and make a day out of it. And so you should get out there on Friday. Enjoy that. It's not this Friday. It's next Friday. I'll be out there as well. Ed will be out there. Socks in the basement. You'll see the see the banners up, which I think is awesome that you guys are involving us. I am honored that this show is a part of Papa Hops this year, and uh, hopefully we'll do it for years to come. Right on. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. One of the great new supporters of Socks in the Basement, Hyatt Home Medical Equipment, wants to help people stay independent and in their home. Let's say you or a loved one, a fall risk, have a hard time getting in and out of the bathtub. They can retrofit the tub. They can put hand railings around the bathroom. Now you're not worried about a fall. Let's say you have a loved one that's on oxygen and you want to get more than one tank. Insurance covers that. Now you're not lugging a tank up and down stairs and getting refills all the time. Now you're not worried because there's plenty of oxygen on hand. And if you're one of those out there using a CPAP machine, you should see the new technology out there. They have testing rooms on site, a big, beautiful showroom, and they're located right on the south side. From ramps that go into your home to simple diabetes care, get it all at Hyatt Home Medical Equipment. Stop into the showroom today and mention socks in the basement and you get a discount. Visit them at 3518 West 95th Street or check them out online right now at hhme.com. So Ed's down here now, and it's great that we're going to be doing this thing with Papa Hops. I can't wait for the event. And oh, yeah. I'm kind of stoked that uh, we can announce the championship game. You and me doing play-by-play and color commentary, my friend. Ah, uh, yeah. We used to do this back in the day for a wiffle ball league. <laughs> and um, it uh, it went well. I can't promise that anyone's going to listen to us and sit there and go, you know what? Those two should be on Fox calling the game of the week or, you know, get Sunday night baseball, anything like that. But I think we'll have a good time. And I think everybody will have a good time with it. That would be my ultimate job that I would want. Like, I love the podcast. I love the network that's been built over the last four years. I love all the shows I do on it. Southside Pod, the EP podcast. I, I love Socks in the Basement. I mean, this is the flagship. This is the one I have the most fun doing because... I'm a huge fan of the Chicago White Sox, and I get to do it with my buddy Ed here. And, you know, I even like when I go and help out my friend in Pittsburgh with, with, his, with his show about the Pirates. I, I love talking baseball. All that stuff's great. But, like, the one thing that would make me give it all up is, like, if I could be a play-by-play announcer in, like, some single-A, double-A team someplace, some minor league team out in the middle of nowhere and just do ball games. Right. And live the simple life in the country. Like I would take that in a heartbeat. I would run off and go do play by play for baseball games and be happy. And I I would do that till the day I died. I wouldn't even need to retire to me. It would feel like retirement. That's how I would feel doing that. I think that would be the most glorious. I don't want to do it at the major league baseball level, because I feel like once you do that, as much as these guys are as honest as they can be, I'll end up like Steve Stone uh, on Twitter Uh, over the weekend and I saw one of his tweets like if you come after me or come after my boss like he will not take any Jerry Reinsdorf slander and I'm sure Jerry's a great guy but I blame Jerry Reinsdorf for this absolute disaster that is the Chicago White Sox right now but I know that if I start broadcasting for the team or working for an affiliate of the team or something like that I would I wouldn't be able to do all the fun stuff that comes along with covering the team I feel like at a smaller level 
Yeah, I can't say that the owner's an idiot, but I also don't think that I'd have to, right? Because the games don't mean as much. It's just baseball. Win or lose is just baseball. Well, yeah, that's kind of the glory at that level. You can you can basically be Brockmire, that Hank Azaria show. That's what I want to be. I want to be Brockmire. Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> okay, so, so here's the thing. It, that's what I'm hearing here. But you know what the good news about being a major league broadcaster is? Eventually, they could for some reason, hire you on as the GM, and then you can take care of whatever business you wanted to walking in. Right, or they can make me the, the manager. Didn't Bob Brentley move uh, move into the managerial role? Move from the Cubs broadcast booth to the Diamondbacks managerial spot. Right, yeah. and, and he won a World Series. So, I mean, like, it, for all these people that, like, I get all these people that constantly say, you couldn't do as good as Tony. Yeah, I could. Now, look, Tony was a Hall of Fame manager. I had this conversation with somebody the other day. About Tony LaRussa, and you know, he didn't get in the Hall of Fame because he was an idiot. And you know, how could he have lost all of his baseball knowledge? And my response was, no, Tony LaRussa in his heyday, I will give you that. Excellent manager, very good. And in fact, I apologized for him constantly on this show from the day he was hired. And the guy that used to sit here at the other end of the bar where you're sitting, my friend, our buddy Dave. Uh, decided he was never going to come back on Sox in the Basement again and swore off White Sox baseball, which we're fortunate that he did that because then we got you, and I've always loved the show ever since that you've gotten here. And, uh, you know, well, I appreciate and, that. and, and uh, we're fortunate that that happened, but he was so angry. And I spent, ever since LaRusso was hired, every time he made a misstep, I said, give him a chance. You know, he, he's different from you, but let's see what he can do. And I gave him credit for a lot of things last year. And then I really didn't like his managerial decisions in the postseason. And now it's a train wreck. And I would say, sure, Tony La Russa, better manager than Chris Lanuti for the majority of his life. 2022 Tony La Russa, I'm a better manager than him. The guy who once took a 12-year-old team to a, to a Little League championship and still has the trophy sitting here at the bar I'm better than him. And it's a lovely, it's a lovely trophy. It really is. It is a beautiful trophy. Okay. And Tony's got bigger hardware and he's, he deserves it. But 2022 Tony LaRusso can't hold a candle to me, you, and at least 60% of White Sox baseball fans. Not all of them. Some of them are, are lost causes and, and they will always love whatever the team does. And they'll have this mantra of, you got to follow them and you got to love them even when they suck. Okay, and you got to believe in them and you can't boo them and you can't be manager, manager and whatever. But the rational part of White Sox fandom, I think all of them could probably manage the team better than Tony as well. I mean, right now, I'm on the fire Tony bandwagon. I'm on it. I'm firmly on it. I waited all the way until now. And I'm going to tell you right now, the Chicago White Sox can't win a World Series with this guy as the manager. I don't believe it whatsoever. Okay, And, and I say that with such confidence because either A, I'm right and I give myself a 99.99 chance that I'm right. If I'm wrong and they win a championship, I will gladly eat crow because they won a championship for it. Maybe maybe this, maybe me speaking it out loud just so I can be made a fool by saying they'll never win a championship with Tony LaRussa, they'll win one. But most likely, they will never win one with him, and we are unfortunately stuck until he's gone. You're right. If you're taking Tony's entire career, the fact that he got into the Hall of Fame, managing the Sox, managing the A's, managing the Cardinals, he has the second highest win total of any MLB manager in history. Right, he didn't get that by mistake. Yeah, no, and he also has the second highest loss total of any manager in Major League history because he's managed the second most games behind Connie Mack of any manager in Major League history. But he, he's been extraordinarily successful in his career, and you can't discount that, right? He's also got the second most postseason wins behind Joe Torre. That's the impressive stat is, is how much he has won in the postseason. And that's where it, it's very important to understand what he 
could mean as a manager. The issue, I think, the issue for right now, 2022 Tony La Russa, is that he doesn't seem to have control of the team the way he needs to have it. So either he doesn't have the right buttons to push for this team to get guys going, or he doesn't have the right buttons to push to get these guys to play to the level that they need to be playing to, or he doesn't have the right buttons to push where he is making poor decisions and he's making them at at critical junctures in games when managers can really impact the game. And taken together, what that means is that if you want to be a Tony apologist, right now you have to look there and go, Tony's just having a bad run. Well, guess what happens to managers all over Major League Baseball, over every sport, when they're on a bad run, regardless of whether they're a Hall of Fame candidate, a Hall of Famer, the best that's ever been, the most popular that's ever been, they go on a bad run on a team that should be competing, they get fired, Yeah. right? Joe Girardi has already been fired. Joe Madden of the Angels has already been fired. These are two guys that, when you were looking to replace Ricky Renneria, if you had asked any White Sox fan, would you want Joe Madden or Joe Girardi in the dugout, they would have said they would have had to sit there and think about it. I think a little bit like which one of them they would they would pick between those two guys, and it would have been a no question they would have wanted Renneria out of there, right? They would have picked both of them over uh, over Larusa too. If if you would have given that list at the beginning, honestly, I think so. Listen, uh, if you need a break from this team, you want to go out and you drink some good beer. Uh, Hailstorm Brewing Company in Tinley Park. One of the things that they are so proud of is that they have the big beer hall, the big long tables. But they want you to meet people and they want you to talk beer. They got the big, beautiful bar. They've got like the stools that sit around the, the the giant barrels in the middle of it. If you're not sitting at the bar, then they have the big beer tables. They've got the outdoor patio. You know what they don't have? TVs. They don't have any TVs. Ah. They, they do live music. They do uh, events like trivia nights. If you need a break, I suggest 8060 186th Street, right off of 80th Avenue in Tinley Park, Hailstorm Brewing Company. They got their highly acclaimed new brewer, Will Turner. He is just pumping out brand new beers nonstop. Every time I'm in there, I find something else that I absolutely love. Try out the Primo Mexican Lager on a hot day. It hits the spot. The big, beautiful wheat is incredible. And they have the Morley. Last time I was there, the Morley was flying. Uh, people, well, that, nobody was throwing the Morley, but people were buying well, it. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like they're it was, buying it left and right. It's an American brown ale. The name is for Mokina, Orland, and Tinley. It's a hoppier take on a classic English brown ale, and it is so very good. Follow them on Facebook at Hailstorm Brewing Company and see everything that they have to offer. Hailstormbrewing.com. Think about this. We've already established, there's no reason to go back into it, but all the shows are on demand. You can go back and listen. We've established four games during the season that you could say Larusa lost. Four games, right? Yeah. I'm adding another one to the total when I saw that Larry Garcia is now a negative one B-war. He's worth one loss, and he's still playing above Lennon Sosa because you can't give the kid a chance. And I had somebody say, well, he's Larry Garcia. I mean, look at his track record. And my answer to that is, yeah, but he's he's not even good enough to be a replacement minor leaguer. Like to believe he's better than Sosa would be to say that every middle infielder in the White Sox system is below replacement level. And then we have a much bigger problem. So when the guy got uh, elevated, I don't understand why he was still sitting on the bench watching Lurie go out there and make terrible plays and errors all over the field against Baltimore. And with those five wins that they should have, reverse it on the schedule. This team is 39 and 32. They are a half game out of first place and right there in the wild card mix. That's the difference. He doesn't need to be bad every game. 
right? Like this team didn't hit against Baltimore over the weekend, right? That's a terrible team loss. That's not all him. That's Giolito not pitching no. well. That's the hitters not hitting well. That's jo- uh, Joe McEwing just sending everybody. That's all he does. He just sends everybody. Okay, he, he needs to be fired too. Fire Joe McEwing as well. I'm done watching the, the windmill at third base make unnecessary sends in games and career. We have more outs, I think, at home plate than any other team in Major League Baseball. That's a sign right there that he should be fired as well. I'm firing everybody today, okay? But I mean, like, just that Baltimore series doesn't hurt as much if he had been doing a good job up to this point. The Baltimore series is devastating now because of the situation that he put you in. And and they can sit there in a locker room and continue to defend him. But my question is, why do you feel like you need to defend him? I, I, I I don't get that. Your team is bad. You're an under 500 team that's underperforming. Everybody's to blame, the players, the front office. Jerry Reinstorf, who, let's be honest, this team would look a lot better if he would have just ponied up and given the, the contract amount that everybody thought Manny Machado wanted. Could you imagine him in this lineup? Can you imagine Manny in this lineup and oh. what the team could have been if you would have gone in that direction? Everybody knew the entire offseason that it was 10 years and $300 million that he wanted. That was the opening number his agent talked about. That was the number he ended up with. You went cheap. You tried to say, oh, well, we're going to give him more money, but it's all in option years that we control. And he knew that was BS. And he was like, no, I'm taking the guaranteed money, which is all he asked for from the beginning. And if you would have given it to him, you could have been on a completely different path. And back then I criticized it and I said, that's what's going to happen. And we're going to remember this in a couple of years. And that's one of many moves that have gone badly with this team. And it all goes back to the owner. The owner brought in the, the manager. The owner has, has stymied things that we could have gone out and, and done because of these weird philosophies that he has with contracts. And then the GM, knowing what the owner is like, didn't adjust and do a very good job building a team. We have a very one-dimensional team. We are one-dimensional in the postseason. We're one-dimensional now. So we have a one-dimensional team created by the owner's practices, the general manager unable to completely adjust to them, and a manager that isn't good. That's That's a winning combination, and that's why we're under 500. And, and anybody who sits there and says like, well, we're only, uh, what are we now? We're five and a half back as we sit here. It's only five and a half. I mean, it's the Ed Farmer. All we need is a bloop, a blast, a dink, a dunk, another blast, two blasts over here, a dink, a dunk, a couple of good games. And we're right back in it, folks. Like that doesn't really happen very often. Like I'm just not in the mood for it. I'm not in the mood for people saying that there's no good to firing the manager. There's no good to changing the roster over. Just sit here and hope. And I hate that. And I hate it's being pushed. It's being pushed now on the air. It's being pushed by people that cover the team. It's being pu- The team is making that the message. The team is going to start messaging you that it's all injuries. It's not all injuries. Look, I looked at the payrolls. There are an awful lot of teams with the same amount of millions and millions of dollars on their injured reserve right now as the White Sox. The Mets have $76 million on their injured reserve. The Dodgers have $64 million on their injured reserve, plus $35 million on Trevor Bauer. The Yankees have $40 million on their injured reserve. The Padres have $50 million on their injured reserve. The Red Sox have $60 million on their injured reserve, and so do the White Sox. Everybody's got injuries, and everybody's got big money players that are injured. Okay, I don't want to hear that it's just injuries. There are bigger problems to this team. You you want to you want to have hope. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and dump on somebody who's a, an optimist. <laughs> okay, and who is one of those fans that is going to be optimistic about their team's chances and always have that that glimmer of hope that they're they're going to turn it around and be better somehow because that is a possibility okay it is a possibility that whatever's going on in Lucas Giolito's head or whatever's going on with his arm he takes you know uh, he goes on the IL or he takes the all-star break off comes back refreshed refocused 
and pitches more like what we expect him to. And you don't have his game in the Baltimore series. You don't have the games that he has really cost the Sox with, with his performance recently. And guys can get healthy, and that's fine. But I think where the hope becomes false, okay, is when fans or, or whoever is talking about this team and they sit there and they go, think about Larry's history and what he's done in the past, or think about what Josh Harrison's done in the past, or, uh, you know, Jose Abreu is just a couple of years removed from that MVP season. If you live in the past, and this goes back to the Tony conversation, if you live in the past with these guys, you're ignoring the current performance. You can't do that, okay? You, you have to look at what their performance is now and what their performance is likely to be in the future. But the Sox are also not a young team, and that's the thing that I think I'm frustrated with is that we're coming out of this rebuild, and everyone's talking about, oh, it's this young core. This, the Sox average age is just a hair under 30 years old. That's not young. That's not that's not young. You <laughs> like, want a young team? The Twins, the division-leading Twins, their average age is 27 years old. That's a young team. I, I had this thought the other day in the shower. It's where I get a lot of my good thoughts, that in the toilet. Um, uh, well, well okay. <laughs> so basically, the key to good thoughts for you is no pants. No pants. Pants have to be off. When the pants are off, I start thinking, and I come up with some good stuff. So the pants are off, of course, because I'm in the shower. And, uh, and, and I had this thought of what would I do if instantly I was in charge of the White Sox? And the only way I could come up with this happening is let's say I'm walking down the street in the very near future. Let's say today it happens. And tragically, just tragically, Jerry Reinsdorf is hit by a bus right in front of me. He's walking across the street. I'm like, holy cow, here comes Jerry Reinsdorf. I'm going to tell him all the things that drive me nuts about him. And tragically, he's run down. And with his final breath, he looks up at me and he thinks that I'm somebody else, some old codger baseball person, or maybe I'm Kenny. Who knows what he sees? But somewhere, as all the synapses are firing, he looks up at me and he goes, I'm going to sign the team over to you and all my shares. And he writes it in his own blood and he dies right there in the street. And I take it into court and they give me the team. And I was like, what would I do when I walked in? I'm not sure anything you just said would stand up, but... (laughs) But for purposes of this, go for it. Yeah. Okay. So you you now own listen, the White Sox thanks this, to a, an errant boss. Right. Listen. This is my pants off fantasy in the shower. You you can't you can't crap on that, Ed. You can't. Okay. So so anyway, I walk in and the first thing I'm doing, and I thought about what would I do, and I decided the first thing I would do is I would walk in and I would wouldn't even like meet with him. Well, I wouldn't meet with him. I would summon Tony in my office. I would say, "You had an excellent career. Could you sign this hat for my kid and get out?" Like, I would fire him immediately, right? But then I was thinking, like, what else would I do? Because do I blame other people in the organization? And sure, there's things that need to be changed in there, right? Like, whoever's running stadium operations, we've been yelling about it all year, moving that person out of there, right? But I I can wait till the offseason for that. I'm thinking immediate moves. And I realized that the next thing I would do is I would bring in Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams and all of the people that do pro scouting. And I would sit them down in the office and I would say, Give me each one of you and you can't use somebody else's answer because you notice know somebody in that room that would just be like, oh, yeah, that guy, like because they really don't have a like an intelligent thought. Right. Like some of them, I think, yeah. are very smart and some of them are probably not. There's always that in every company. Right. But I would ask each one of them as I went around the room, give me one major league ready baseball player or a guy who's young in the majors that has yet to break out that in your pro scouting, you think we should target right now. And go out and get before they become valuable. And if they can't come up with a name and a reason, I'd fire them as well right away. 
Because that's the next thing that has to happen with this team. They need to flip some of this talent. I look at these contracts. This is your team for the next two years, basically. There's very there's very little that's moving around on this team with options and things. I mean, A.J. Pollock has to decide if he wants $10 million to stick around next year or he could leave. But essentially, with very few changes, this is your team. You know, Abreu's gone after the year is over. So, I mean, and I would understand that. I would like, you know, I, we'd have to make that decision at the end. I'm not making that the first day that I come walking in. But there's a good amount of guys. The, the vast majority of it are still going to be around for next year and the year after that, especially if you decide to pick up Timmy Anderson's option years. So, so the thing is, if I'm going to flip the team, I need to find the people that have those ideas. And I need to make sure that the guy who's the general manager agrees with that. Or if he's just going to tell me, well, we got injuries, we just got to stay in the, stay the course. If he gives me injuries and stay the course, and I love Tony the whole time, he's out too. That's what I think any competent new owner of a team would do anyway, right? Even if the team had been winning. I like that you call the pantsless guy competent, because I'm doing this with my pants off as well. Because I own the White Sox. Every meeting's pants off. Well, and why wouldn't it be? I mean, I, frankly, I think that would be a promotion night. Just do it on a warm night, that's all. Don't do it in April. That's all I would ask. I would just be like, this is how I think. I'm an eccentric owner, and my best ideas come with my pants off. Okay? Look away yeah. if it bothers you. Yeah. <laughs> July 18th, the first 10,000 fans with no pants get in free. I won't get sued for that. <laughs> no, not at all. Not even, a, not even a little bit. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on socksinthebasement.com.